Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Hello. And Tori. Hello, Internet. So we start each week with good thing. Craig, start us off. Guys, guys, I got so many good things. And I'm just going to roll it into one complete package. It's going to be great. So I just found out about a newish game. I think it came out like three-ish years ago called Grim Dawn. Um, it's a Diablo-esque. And uh, it's pretty fun. Like, I I just started yesterday. And I, I'm like, you know what? I feel I'm in the mood for one of those. Um, well, they're like ARPGs, I think the actual term is. But, uh, you know, like Diablo. Um, but it has, it sort of reminds me of Titan Quest, which for a while was one of my favorites in the genre. Um, I just like how the, the skill tree um, is designed. And it has that similar thing where you dual class, you pick two classes, you build up the classes, you get skills, you do stuff. It's very much laid out like Titan Quest, if anyone's familiar with that. But it has uh, a different theme. It's, you know, undead. 19th century or maybe you know industrial revolution type age and uh it's fun um so i've been playing that a whole bunch and the that's good titan quest is good if you guys never played that that's another good one old but they just released a anniversary edition like a year ago or something and that's pretty cool and of course diablo just came to good old games uh, as of this recording, uh, it's now on Good Old Games, and that's a classic. And I still enjoy playing that every now and then, just going back, because the atmosphere so well done. And of course, it is the codifier for this genre. So that's cool. I think I, think I still have your Diablo CD. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I remember when they released the game, they had like the base game and they had a spawn CD, which is like you give it to a friend so they could just connect to you and play multiplayer or something i remember starcraft had that too i remember back in college um i put diablo on a usb drive so that i could play it during class when i was (laughs) i had classes in the computer lab nice yeah that's some good stuff so I, i like that genre of games um i have played path of exile for a bit but that's hard to get into just because like the skill tree is daunting. Like what do I build? And everything's incremental. Um, that's why I sort of like just playing like Titan quest or grim dark or something. And it's like, it's easy pick up play. It's fun. And it's not Diablo three where you have the set weapons and stuff and, uh, no customization. We're talking about good things. All right, Dave regale us with your good thing. My good thing is a band that has nothing to do with video game music, actually. What? And it kind of it randomly came up the other day. I was just put on Spotify and I just played my shuffle whatever I have saved and started listening to it. And a song came on, Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. And you know what? That song's really good. And most of Depeche Mode's popular songs are really good. I went and listened to a few albums, and eh, most of, I'd say stick to mostly their hits, which, but their hits are like fantastic, which is kind of funny because I normally feel like record companies are out there to keep us from hearing the really good music. Like they put out the pretty good music and the radio stations play the pretty good music, and you have to actually go and listen to the albums to get the, the great music. But with the Pesh Mode, I think they actually, they they kind of they did it right or they screwed it up whatever your perspective is on the matter, uh, but they put their best stuff out there on the radio. But I mean, enjoy the silence. Just can't get enough. Uh, people are people and are all fantastic, really good songs. And uh, I found a new song that I hadn't heard by them before called "New Life," and that was a pretty good song. Um, in terms of like bands where 
all the good music is the radio singles. Uh, I feel like Tom Petty very much hits in that. Hmm. But he has like 30 that fit into radio singles. Yeah. And then try going and listening to his other stuff and it's not anywhere near as good. All right. Uh, my good thing this week is there's a YouTuber by the name of Demon Tomato Dave, who you may know it's... from such uh, internet meme songs as The Theme from the Dark World and Not Roy's. Uh, he put out a song that I really, really, really enjoy called Go to the Toilet. I can't and believe this is your good thing. It's so <laughs> good. I've been listening I to it. I watched it. I didn't watch it. I'm, I'm a bad homeworker. Very nearly nonstop for like a week. It's it's extremely good. It's super <laughs> duper catchy. The lyrics are very easy to remember. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, Tori says she could only get through about four race. That yeah. that was uh, good. Tori said she could only get through about thirty seconds of it. I made my wife listen to it. She said that she understands exactly why I enjoy it. <laughs> That was, that was her exact right quote, there. and take that for all the meaning she intended. Uh, all right, Tori, what do you got? I finally started watching The Good Place, which everybody but me has already seen, so I'm just going to say it's a good show and, and people should watch it. Oh, man, it is. It's extremely good. Yeah, I just finished the first season this past week, and I still need to watch the rest of it, but yeah, it's good. Alright, this is not a spoiler because you don't have any context to understand it, but Jeremy right, Baramy, yeah, yeah. gonna blow your mind. The what's okay. gonna blow my mind? Jeremy, Jeremy Baramy. Mm, okay. Again, <laughs> not a spoiler. You don't have the context to understand what I'm talking about, but Jeremy Baramy. Okay. Uh, Alright, Dave, I believe you read some chapters this week. All right, sure did. We had Mistborn Part 2 by Brandon Sanderson, The Well of Ascension. We read the whole thing. (laughs) No, we read chapters 49 through 51, my friend. And as soon as this recording's done, I'm going to go finish Part 4. Not really. Part 5. Been getting pretty good. So, uh, chapter 49 through 51. Chapter 49... Elland and his wife leave town. Bye, Tindwell. Hi, Alrianne. Bye, Alrianne. Well, that solves one problem. Well, that solves one problem. <laughs> Tindwell is staying. Survivor talk. Straff feels poisony. Hi, Amaranta. Amaranta and Zane were lovers? Straff is a drug addict. Bye, Amaranta. <laughs> That's chapter 49. Yes, that yeah. was the chapter forty nine. I think that I think there the was a lot points, of comings and goings there. <laughs> the bullet points speak for themselves. I think we all we all remember what happened. Yes. Any questions about <laughs> chapter forty nine? Uh, how do oh, you feel God. about Straff being a drug addict? I, I like it. All right, like there you go. Impressionable some- youth. Dave is pro drug <laughs> addiction. <laughs> no, I'm pro drug addiction for villains. I like that uh, one of our main antagonists has a crippling uh, malfunction right now. That's that's pretty great. Quote: I am <laughs> pro drug addiction, Dave. 2019. <laughs> I didn't say that. And this episode probably won't come out till like 2021. Wow. Zing. <laughs> yep, you got me. So, alright, so this uh, chapter starts off with Elland and his newlywed wife, Vin, and they are had just, uh, they're, you know, getting out of town, and Tyndall was supposed to go with them, but for some reason she doesn't, and then Alarianne, uh Breeze, you know, insisted that they take her, but I guess he didn't tell anybody, she just kind of shows up, she's like, I'm going with you. And then they get just outside of range of Straff's camp, and then she's like, all right, thanks for escorting me out of town. I'm a-leaving. And then <laughs> Ellen, Ellen did not want her company, and he was just thinking, well, that solves one problem. And then Breeze, as he sees the party uh, passing through Straff's camp, was trying to save Elrian, and that solves one problem. So 
pretty humorous uh <laughs> humorous mind meld between Ellen and Breathe. <laughs> at the very Sometimes there. they think alike. It ha- it happens. Rarely. Well, they're they've been hanging out for so long. Yep. So anyway, Tindwill is staying behind in Luthadel and presumably because she likes some guy and some guy named Sazed. Then they have some survivor talk. Uh, Captain Demo is survivor survivor will will protect them. And clubs like enough of that, enough of that pish posh. Don't don't be filling up my survivor talk and all the troops. Dang it! Missed opportunities. We could have named this show Survivor Talk. (laughs) (laughs) And then once we got done with all these books, we could cross over into being a Survivor rewatch podcast and man just i missed so many opportunities because oh, we need like something to do in 2040 <laughs> <laughs> no in 2040 we bring on a new new reader and then i get to hang out in the spoiler chat with you guys oh man you'll catch up and you'll get to be one of us it'll be great oh yep. yeah you weren't here for that tori he, he doesn't know the 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 schedule Tori, no, when approximately does Dave get to uh, re-listen to old episodes, including spoilers? Including spoilers? Uh, 2024, I believe. Oh, it's not as far off as you made it seem before. See, Dave, yeah, there is hope. And that's when we'll finish Oculus or whatever? Oculus, <laughs> yes. The, the hit I book by pretty... Brandon Sanderson. Hey, Aquaman. All right, so we cut to Straff Venture, <laughs> and Straff feels poisony. He doesn't know that Zane is dead, and he just assumed that uh, when Zane marched out of his camp and didn't stab him, he poisoned him instead. So he calls in his poison-curing mistress, Amaranta, and gosh dang it, Straff is like so, so, so garbo of a person. He's like, Ew, you're 25, you're old. Ew, you have a wrinkle, you're ugly now. Like, he's the most shallow son of a gun ever. Yep. I mean, he was always like that to her every time she popped up. Yeah, and, you know, he literally says he only keeps her around because... I I think Straff just hates the idea that people think he's actually mistressing with her. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So much older than the other ones. Okay. But uh, apparently, Amaranta and Zane have been lovers, and Amaranta has been slipping Straff drugs, not antidotes. And she talked Zane into convincing Straff that he was poisoning him. Uh, but I uh, know it uh, is just the effects of withdrawal, so that he has to call in Amaranta to get his fix again. And then, as he is having a. Uh, as he is having a withdrawal attack, he's blacking out, but it's uh, also choking Amaranta and strangles her to death in the meantime. And he's mixes together a bunch of stuff and gulps something down and hopes it works. And that's the end of chapter 49. So, I mean, I think that's a little neat uh, mini twist that it turns out Zane was never really trying to poison Straff. Because honestly, if Zane wanted to kill Straff, he could easily. Based on, yeah, like, yeah. his ability. And he he liked to play, like, oh, yeah, I totally poisoned you. And <laughs> and Streff really was operating under that, that whole principle for quite a while. And, and uh, I, I think Zane mentions multiple times that he, he did not want to kill his father. Even though, quote, God would tell him, oh, my gosh, we need to talk more about that. But about, quote, God. But, um. All right. We can talk uh, after the summaries. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, even though the voice in his head is trying to get him to kill Strap, he's like, no, he's my father, and he's still loyal to him, and he still loves him, because he's his father, but, you know, he still plays along with this little charade. Maybe because he actually loves Amaranta and wants to keep her useful. I don't know. But they're both dead now. Yep. All right. Well, moving on. All right. Chapter 50. I really like chapter 50 simply because it gives a lot of different perspectives from many different characters. We get 
Alrian, we get uh, Ellen, we get Streff, we get Sazed, we get Dachshund, and... Doxandra. Yeah. Well, spoilers. All right, hold that. Kendroxen. <laughs> Kondroxen. Man, I still want Doxen to kill himself. And maybe maybe uh, half past nine we'll come back and eat Doxen. All yep. right. Chapter 50. Alrian is escorted home by a band of gentlemanly brigands. Alrian convinces Set to go back to Luthadel. Alrian hopes there's a small chance that Set will help save Breezy. Uh, let's just section by section. So, yeah, we got one from Alrian's perspective now, which is really cool. Uh, she's, you know, you, you assume that she's not as stupid as she looks, especially after we see characters like Cliss. Uh, you know, you never assume that the stupid people are stupid, but and she doesn't ever comes off as stupid. And, and we also know that she's an Alamancer. But uh, I like this. I, I like the fact that from Alrian's perspective, even when she's internal monologuing, when we see her, her direct thoughts word for word, she still calls Breeze Breezy. I thought that was pretty cute. You think she just does it to get under her skin? No. Well, in either she, you know, you know, you know, maybe she's just trying to play him and uh, doesn't really care about him, or maybe she's just trying to be annoying or is trying to act really stupid. I, I like that in her own mind, she still calls him Breezy. Yeah. And she does show genuine care for Breeze as well as she gets her father to return to the city. And her father's like, you know, as soon as we get there, I'm just going to side with whoever's winning. And Alrion's hoping that. Set will, against all odds, ally with the Breeze and his crew. All right, next bullet point. Mr. and Mrs. Venture are the best. They're wait, such wait, a wait. cute couple. What? We're still in Chapter 50. I know. Okay, never mind. Continue. Sorry, I, th- I misread something. Continue. And I need to host that. This is good flow. This is really good podcasting. <laughs> It's already cut it out while we, while we were yeah while we were paused. Put the host up. Okay, the so Mister and Mrs. Venture are the best. They're such a cute couple. I love them. I'm so glad that they're together right now. And I I also want to make a point. There's a couple a lot of things going on here that I like about Brandon Sanderson. And one is the way that he handles sexuality in his books, and like. Ellen and Vin are married, so he's not like a complete prude about it, but he also doesn't give details and, and, you know, try to, you know, turn it into some kind of enticing text either. So it's like, it's cute and there's, you know, no denying what's going on there, but it's not gratuitous in any way. And I, I really appreciate the way he writes about it. And also, I like how. And I also like how honest he is, you know, while being as subtle as he can with such acts of other characters. Like, you know, like the way uh, Streff, you, you know, loving, so to speak, is different from how Ellen views it or different how Breeze views it. So he's also realistic in that there are different characters have different viewpoints on the matter. But anyway, that was just yeah. a side note. And I also love the fact that Ellen, <laughs> there's a difference between how Ellen treated Vin before they were married and after they were married in this regard as well. Okay. Agree? Okay. Would you uh, like to elaborate, perhaps? Okay, well, there are other parts where, you know, Vin is wearing an undershirt or whatever and Ellen is a little more shy about it or would be like, oh, this would be inappropriate or something. But And now he's just like, yeah, it would be pretty cute to see you fighting naked. <laughs> he straight up says that. <laughs> is he wrong, though? Strap <laughs> feels poisoned. <laughs> Ten minutes later, is he wrong? I don't know. I mean, it depends. If it's if it's Vin from the cover of Well of Ascension, then he is right. If it's Vin from my cover of Hero of Ages, then he's wrong. Because that that one's weird looking. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> Why'd you ask? 
All right, keep going then. All right. <laughs> Straff wakes up and pulls back his army. He doesn't know that Zane is dead. I think that part speaks for itself. So he managed to get the correct drug doses, dose to bring him back to normal, and is surprised to find that his military captain didn't just straight up kill him while he was incapacitated. I guess people don't uh, people don't see the world the same way that Straff does. Well, that in there. I mean, I oh, guess they also right, and he does. Ma- I'm sorry. He also he doesn't, and nor does his army know that Zane is dead, and they yeah, assume yeah. that if they attack Straff, then Zane will take revenge. That that's sort of the the key point. He has the tool of Zane, oh, just any Mistborn, like under his employee, and that that's something to be worried about. So you just have to always assume there's one there. Yeah. So he goes ahead with the plan that Zane or nine or half past nine came up with. Whatever I don't I don't know I don't know if half past nine was at the secret meeting where they were talking about how Straff needed to move forward. But anyway, so this sort of throws a wrench into your earlier uh, thoughts from last week about what's going to happen. And what was that? That I think you you said Straff would try to take over the city and then Colossus. Oh, would I thought, yeah, he so he actually is doing the doing the smart thing and waiting for the Colossus to attack so that he can move in and be the savior of Luthadel, and then crush them with an iron fist. All right. Yep. Next part. Cezid is Farukamizing it up. Gold stores <laughs> help. Cezid gives Club a wooden disc. Whatever happened to Marsh, Zazed stops filling his pewter mine so he can look good for his lady. Battle plans with Doc. Zazed is strong like the wind, not like those cruddy brick-strong dudes. So here we go. Zazed is filling up a bunch of metal mines here, and this includes four separate... Pin rings, one for each sense, not including taste, which I think is really weird because every other metal, it's like this metal, this power, this metal, that power. It's not like, okay, you can burn tin in such a way to get eyesight or such a different way to get scent. Or you can, but in none of the other things, like you can store weight in your right arm with this bracelet or weight in your left foot with this bracelet. Like, it's he has a separate one for smell and so forth. It's so do other ferrochemical metals have have subclassifications like this? It's it's kind of interesting. I think tin's the only weird one. And we, we actually had I'm not sure if I think it was a discussion we had in the spoiler section uh, a number of episodes ago because we were talking about tin and what it can actually store because it it divides all the different sources, whereas tin for uh, Alamancers, it's just like you get all a boost to all of your senses. But for mm. some reason, in Farukami, it's separate. And I can't think of any other, but maybe maybe uh, Mike remembers or Tori can t- chime in. But I don't think anything else is divided that way. No, I can't think of anything else that's divided that way. Yeah, as far so as I not- know, tin is the only the only metal that works that way. Yeah. What throws Weird. me off is it's it only seems to work for the like the classical five senses rather than the ESP. You know, maybe a dozen more that we actually have. Like your sense of balance, your sense of where your body's located cuz that is a sense. Yeah, I all forget of what it's called. Proprioception. And, yeah, that. Roll um, intuitive direction. Yes, we're but, going but back we're to not sure. We're not sure if those are included or not, or just that Sazed just doesn't have a reason to store, you know, Maybe balance. he doesn't know about those senses. Maybe they're so esoteric. Oh, he's an intelligent guy. They might. Wouldn't balance... I guess maybe balance wouldn't come in with pewter. They specifically mention it as a pewter attribute for alamancers. Yeah. For alamancers, oh. yes, but not ferrochemists. But there isn't, I'm finding there isn't necessarily a one-for-one parallel from 
Farukami to mystology. Alamancy. Alamancy. <laughs> mystology. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I, there, there is, a okay, there is so not a one-for-one analog. Steel is... Okay, so you have pewter is strength, tennis sense is great. Uh, steel is speed, and iron is weight. We're like, well, okay, you can push and pull stuff, get fast and force more. Okay. Uh... Zinc is mindiness, like attention. Mindiness. Clarity, I think. Clarity? Celerity? Celerity, that's the word. Speed of thought? Yeah. Clarity? or Actually, I don't know what celery means. So between zinc and copper, you can be real good at Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And bronze is caffeine, so it's like... <laughs> it's you're specifically really, you're really stretching. You're really stretching with like copper and bronze. But, it's like, reverse caffeine, absolutely. So a couple things about uh about Sazed storing up these metals here. We learn a new ferrochemical powder power that gold stores health. And the hilarious thing about this is if you listen to the episode that came out today, episode thirty two, we have Craig going on about how the Lord Ruler was had health stored up, blah, 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 even though it specifically says he had the youth stored up in the bracers that Vin pulls out, and Craig and Mike go into this tangent about which metals store health and so forth. But now I know it's gold. Uh, yep. Fascinating tidbit about this, by the way, the astute reader will notice that this is the first metal mine that we learn about that is not one of the eight basic alimantic metals. So now that we have gold as a ferrochemical metal, I think we can assume that aluminum and duralumin and atium all have some kind of ferrochemical ability as well. So that just blew fer- ferrochemy wide open. And I, what's going to happen now with ferrochemy? All right, I got a question for you. Okay. So... What do you think aluminum, duralumum, that word, oopsium, and, uh, well, anti-oopsium, and atium actually store? Oops, all barysium. That's a great question that I I do want to sit down and hammer out, but it's going to take some time, right. hopefully. By, by the time we do the wrap-up, or well of ascension. I'm I'm sure I'll have everything mapped out. All the all sixteen alimantic metals and all sixteen ferrochemical metals. I'll have it all theorized by the wrap up episode. I mean, it's going to be hard because, like you said, it's not necessarily a one to one correlation. So mm. y- you're you're going to have to come up with what they might be, and it'll be fun. It'll be something to do for the end wrap up of the the book. Yeah. Cool. All right. So while Sazed sitting there, he's talking to clubs and he tells clubs about this religion of artists. And he had a, a little wooden disc uh, carved for him as a religious symbol. And he gives it to clubs as a personal gift. And I thought it was pretty touching. Okay. And whatever happened to Marsh? It's just like, I, I was once in a while, I'll be thinking like, where's Marsh? What's he doing? What? Why isn't he doing anything? Was he doing something? I don't know. And just one sentence in this chapter. What are we, what's up with Marsh? Haven't seen him since we got back from, <laughs> from Crater Library. And then that, you know, still don't know. Uh, I'm guessing that he'll make some kind of appearance by the end of the book. Uh, hopefully not in the same capacity that he showed up at the end of Mistborn, but play some kind of important role. At least the characters are asking the important questions. Yeah. Like, what would happen if I burned Melatium? Yep, that's the question. All right. Although, this is really interesting. Going back to the Malatium, if Vin had burned the Malatium in front of Tensoon, would she have even recognized anything off? Okay, I got this. So, we couldn't talk about this before because you didn't actually know. But now you know. And here's the thing. You kept saying, like, male ATM would, like, solve this issue, and we were joking around with you. The <laughs> funny fact is, in this particular case, it wouldn't have worked at all. Because <laughs> it would have shown, you know, or seer, quote, unquote, 
just as someone else, maybe like a different person that he would have taken on at the time. And he's like, well, I'm a Chandra. This is just some identity that I had before. Or it wouldn't have shown anything, which, right, which again, would have been the exact same thing as it would have with Orsur. So here's the thing. When we can get a discussion with Brandon, like he does signings and things like that. Uh, if we get a chance to ask him a question, I definitely want to ask him about the male ATM thing. Cause I think it was a good uh, idea. I didn't even think about it before until you mentioned it. And I'm like, yeah, that could actually do some interesting things to Chandra. But I'm not 100% convinced it's it would have worked. But well, well, in our case, it wouldn't have worked, worked definitely. So it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> it would have let Vin um, eliminate everyone immediately. Probably. Right. But that 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 depends if it works if male ATM male ATM is doing stuff based on the body or based on the I guess soul. But either way, it would give information. It could, yeah. Although the the, the elemental or the elemental, ugh, why am I doing this again? The emotional allomancy test that I devised would have also done that exact same thing. Sure. Yes. Well, all right. They figured it out anyway. Good job, characters. <laughs> no, they didn't. It was revealed <laughs> to her. <laughs> but look, if she let let's be honest here, if she found out earlier, they wouldn't have bonded, and then we wouldn't have puppy. So I think and in the Jane end, wouldn't have died. So this is the best outcome. This is the best timeline. <laughs> Okay, so... The only good <laughs> Zane, Zane is a dead Zane. <laughs> Zane finds that uh, Tindwell is coming in, so he extinguishes his pewter mind so he can look nice and healthy and, and good-looking for his girl. And she and Seiza go into the Grand Venture Ballroom where they have their battle plans laid out, and Dachshund is there. And I forget if this part's actually from Dachshund's perspective. I don't think it is. Anyway, so we have Dachshund, and then after they leave, Seize's uh, kind of like, Tindwell, why, does, why do you like me? And she's like, you're strong like the wind, not like those cruddy brick-strong dudes. So she says, a lot of people are strong like bricks, but then they can be broken. But Seize is strong like the wind, and you can't break wind. <laughs> oh, man. <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> But Ham is strong like bull. Any questions about chapter 50? Some men strong like brick. Sazed strong like wind. Ham strong like bull. Ham bull. Alright. Good, good, good review. Chapter 51. Mists are staying up past sunrise. Mists staying up past our bedtime. Mist spirit is attacking Ellen? The margins are messed up on page 644. Spook, <laughs> Spook wishes he were powerful. Uh-oh. The Coloss are coming. The Coloss are coming. Draft is coming. Slowly. Coloss are coming. Even closer. Ellen straight up kills a dude. Ellen is a knife. Son of a... The Well of Ascension is in Luthadel. So we have, uh, we have, uh, Vin and Ellen. <laughs> Vin and Ellen have just gotten out of range of Straff's chasing party and Spook as well as within the three of them are together. And, uh oh, the Miss Spirit was attacking Ellen. And Ellen's just sleeping like Babby. And then the margins are messed up on page 44, 644, I'm sorry. And then Spook comes back from scouting, and, you know, before they go and wake Ellen up, Spook is talking with Vin, and Spook, you know, he's a coward because he tricked Vin and Ellen into getting out of range of the city because, you know, Spook just didn't want to die. So he, he was following orders, but he, his motivation for doing so was because he was a coward in his mind. And we get this kind of longing of Spook to want to be powerful and I hope he's not the new Rayshek. That's all I got to say about that. So 
get a little break from here. Colas are coming into a different scene. Colas are coming and Straff is coming and oh wait, boy, wait. the, the Colas, Colas are, are coming. Really it's not, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, then we go back to Ellen and Co. And we find that the people that were in pursuit of them was actually Le Cal Justez and some of his guards. And Alan goes up and he uh, he kills him, kills his friend Justice LeCal. And, you know, for bringing the Colossus to Luthadel and for abandoning a powerful army and leaving them with no leader and no direction, so they're sure to just go and slaughter everybody. And, you know, <laughs> I love the fact that Ellen calls himself a knife because I don't think. I don't think Vin ever actually echoed her concerns about her being a knife and Ellen's feels like a knife. So, you know, they're like, they're great together because they're both knives. That's what you or took the, from that. Or the people. What? Well, yeah, I did. I took the fact that they, they both have the same, you know, regrets about their circumstances and the yeah. responsibilities that they have to take up. They, they think alike in that matter. So they're great for each other. Yep. And we uh, then Vin realizes that, you know, the thumping's been getting quieter and quieter. And now it's coming from the south, from the direction of Luthadel. And she realizes that the Well of Ascension is actually in Luthadel. And there we have the end of this week's chapters. So so what are your thoughts about, aside from what you mentioned, the, the whole knife thing, but what do you think about uh, justice being brought to justice, essentially? Because that's that's what Ellen is treating it as a little bit. Like, what what are your thoughts? Do you think it was too extreme or what? I think that he deserved to die, but it's it was kind of done in secret in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so... Like he need, I think that Ellen needs to bring justice to justice and kill him, but probably should have done it more publicly. I mean, you know? at this point, I don't think there's many uh, officers or whatever with him, right? With justice, I yeah. mean, maybe not. I guess you know what the the fact that he's doing it in front of justice people might be public enough. Yeah, but you know, this is King Ellen here. Being being the law and the judge of the land, I mean, I, I think that it, it's right for him to kill Justice. I just, it's just he, it was sudden and right. I maybe probably he should have had a trial or something, but I don't think it would have made much difference. I don't know. Well, how how is he supposed to do that if they're in the middle of nowhere, days <laughs> from yeah, you know, right. under attack? Like what he. Justice is just going to stand there and let <laughs> Ellen take him captive and drag him all the way back to the city and wait for yeah. the Koloff to be done sacking it so that we can have a trial? He either has to kill Justice or, you know, or fool him into thinking that they're going to be friends and then suddenly turn on him, which would be worse for sure. So, Counterpoint. Uh, Ellen has no legal standing to do this. Right. He is taking the authority for himself. He's That's not the king. He's, he's sort of not the king. Yep. He's not the king, but he he's also, I mean, he's defending his people. I don't know. I guess he doesn't, it's it's not like an official execution, though. That's the problem with it. The, like, I think that Justice probably, you know, in a ideally go to trial be imprisoned and and then executed publicly but there's just like the circumstances weren't set up for it but i don't know i don't i don't see yeah i was honestly more surprised when ellen killed the coloss than i am right now. right because he just sort of like now's the time and then he does it yeah i mean i'm not saying that he was wrong to do so like, morally, I think he was in the right. But legally, he committed murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different time. But he... The world's going to crap. They were in... 
They were in international waters, though, so everything's legal. <laughs> international waters. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, though, I I don't think that this is murder. I don't think that killing an enemy general is murder. Right. Okay. He's not an enemy general. Isn't he, well, though? Not anymore. I, guess, I guess he he abandoned his army, so... Right. And Ellen isn't part of the military. He was still. I, I don't. Of, I don't know the legal. Yeah, I guess not. the legal stuff ability on this. I don't know. All right, so they are going back to Luthadel because that's apparently where the Well of Ascension is. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense that the Lord Roller would build his capital city near the Well of Ascension. So. Probably should have thought of that to begin with. I should have. I don't know. Uh, maybe Credit Shaw is... I- I'm going to assume that it's somewhere in Credit Shaw. Maybe even in like the little log cabin. Uh, maybe. In the log... And-, <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering if maybe Credit Shaw is actually Klenai for Well of Ascension. But then why would Vreshek, a terraceman, use the Klenai term for Well of Ascension for his palace? Well, I also so, got me thinking. Why does why does Lord Ruler even keep Alendi's journal around on a pedestal outside of the log cabin? All right. So about about the whole terms that they were using, Rachek hated Alendi, but he also was envious of his culture. So there were a lot of things that Rachek adopted after he became the Lord Ruler, which comes from. The uh, what do you what do you call it? Clenium? Yeah, the Clenium. So, it's this weird like love hate relationship that he had with. Throw with a little more phlegm in there if you want to be true to the audiobook pronunciation. Clenium. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. <laughs> so I think the reason he kept the journal was like he felt guilty about um. Because Alindy was a good man, and he was jealous of Alindy uh, being the hero because he felt like it should have been one of the terrorist people instead of, you know, one of the Clinium, because those were the, um, basically their conquerors, you know, the the people who kept them subjugated. And, um, but I I think Alindy was a good man, and... I, I think Rayshek felt bad about it, and I, I think he kept the journal around to remind him of who Alindi really was and what he, what Rayshek did. Okay, where he was. Perhaps you know, still being the Lord Ruler and still having to protect the world from the deepness, he didn't go back on anything either. So that does make sense. Uh, a couple theories for farther off, up down the road. I think the Hero of Ages is actually going to turn out to be Ellen and not Vin. Just, uh, just a little fun. I think that would be like a little fun. Or maybe it'll be like them as a couple. I don't know. But I, I think that Ellen is going to play like a super major role in Hero of ages And also, I really hope that the book, The Hero of Ages, will have extensive backstory written directly from the perspectives of Quan, Alendi, and or Rayshek. Okay. And gosh dang it, it's been 50 minutes and we haven't talked about the voices in Zane's head. Alright, well, so you wanted to talk about (laughs) who he called God. So, what did you want to talk about, exactly? What I wanted to talk about is one specific line where Zane is kind of trying to say, but mostly saying to himself because he's dying and can't really say it. He says that Vin is the only person that the voice didn't tell him to kill. And the voice says back to him, why would I want you to kill her? And her is italicized, but you is not. So I don't know if it's supposed to imply that voice man wanted Vin to kill Zane, like he wanted it the other way around, or if he just specifically doesn't want Vin to be killed. So whoever voice man is doesn't want Vin to be killed and possibly actually wanted Zane to be killed. Maybe it's me. I don't know. 
Maybe I'm voicemail. All right. Uh, we all know the answer to all of these questions, and we're not going to tell you any of them. I know. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but why does... Okay, game. but I guess the the main question in my mind right now is, why why does Voiceman want Vin to be alive? Why does Voiceman... That and is, is certainly it like, a question. Can Voiceman... Is Voiceman hoping that... Oh, Ellen is the hero of ages, but everyone <laughs> thinks. All right, everyone thinks that Vin... there's like a jump there that we missed. It's just funny that <laughs> like it, you realized it, but we're still sitting here listening to Voice Man. Yeah, so this is this Vin, is the house everyone... moment, guys. House. Oh, I don't watch TV. Uh, well, never lose it. So. Everyone thinks that Vin is the hero of ages. So Vin is going to take the power of the Well of Ascension, but she's corruptible and Voiceman is basically going to throw the world back into the the next final empire, Final Fantasy Empire 2. Uh when Vin takes the power and Voiceman corrupts her. Final Fantasy Empire 2 was the bad one. <laughs> No, I meant the U.S. Final Fantasy Empire 2. Oh, that one was pretty good. I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it would be bad if another Final Empire-like situation happened. I agree. That would be bad. Alright, time to kick me off and correct all my theories. Is it? Are we done with you? Uh, are um, you? Yeah, I don't think I had any questions for Dave. So we're reading four more chapters next week, Dave. Yep, we're finishing part whatever. So we only have two... two, In a week from today, I can actually finish the book. Yep. Assuming we record uh, next Sunday. Which we should. So, yeah. Uh, We have two more episodes of chapters, and then one book wrap-up episode, and then we're done with the third book of the podcast. Holy crap, guys. And it only took us a year to get there. Yay. And then I can read Chalk Zone. You can read then that I can whenever. Read Skyward. Also I can whenever. because my brother has it in Chicago. Oh, that's a different issue. Well, fix that. That's right, I already read it. I'll read Skyward next, probably. And when you come visit him in Chicago, make a couple hour road trip and come visit me in Milwaukee. It's a good idea, except I'll probably fly. I drove to Chicago last time I went there, and it wasn't fun. Uh, So, I think we're kicking you off. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what we were doing. I was just going to say, since we're going to have like the final episode and the wrap-up episode, and I won't have anything to read that week, maybe I'll read Skyward that week. For the wrap-up episode. Okay. It's a good book. I really Are the one. three to four chapters a week really that onerous a thing that you can't, like, get other reading done? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, bye, Dave. Bye. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye. All right. Spoiler thing goes here. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Yep. Okey I don't think we too much to talk about, but we can certainly talk about things Dave said. Yes. Um, yeah, so what what did he say? He said a lot of things. So, the thing, though, that he's thinking about is that Vin is not the Hero of Ages. So, that's sort of important. And that's going to be hard for us. um, Because he might figure it out, like, once he starts reading. Because the, 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 um, the epi, epitaphs. Epigraphs. The things at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking he's going to latch onto that right away. Just, it's just, it's so obvious if you're paying attention to it. If you know how he talks, which Dave really should pay attention to how Sezed talks, he's going to realize that Sezed wrote these things. And that's okay. I mean, Sanderson put the information out there. It's right there. He's like, I am, unfortunately, the hero of age. It's like, boom, it said, there you go. There are the words. 
They're written. So, can't blame him for figuring it out, and I think he will figure it out before the reveal. Although, uh, that same, like, yeah, Ellen doesn't talk exactly that way, but he still has, like, a very similar speech pattern. It's true, because he did learn a bit from Zayzad. So maybe thinking that it's Ellen <laughs> will throw him off. It's gonna be so good! Although, ah, oh, shoot, I have to... Uh, okay, continue talking, because I want to look something up while... Because we, if if he mentions Ellen, his name, just give me a sec. I'm, I'm looking up the epigraphs, epitaphs. Well, there's also the here. part that Ellen and Alindy sound alike a little bit. That is a good point. And I would like to point out that Craig told us to continue talking and then didn't stop talking himself. Sorry. Well, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to have dead air. Um, Dead air is easier to okay. edit. Chapter 10 in Hero of Ages, uh, Sezed says in that beginning section, he says, either way, I bless... Because they're talking about how Ellen, you know, takes the little nugget. Um, either way, I bless Rayshek for his oversight, for without that nugget, Ellen would have died that day at the well. Could have been talking so, about himself in the third person. I don't think it's it necessarily be. disqualifying. But we're basically going to find out in the fourth episode, roughly, of Hero of Ages, whether he still thinks it could be Ellen, or if he's going to, like, look elsewhere. So that'll be fun. But I think until that chapter, he's totally going to, you know, think about it. Um, so, one thing is uh, the religion that Sazed preaches to clubs, and we've talked about this before. Uh, it is Dadrada which is the, the very color-focused one, which I believe we came to the consensus that that one originated from um, Nalthus, Warbreaker world. Could. Yep. We, we theorized that there were world hoppers. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of makes sense because we have that whole Trelgism versus Trellism. Um, that what if a number of these classic religions just come from world hoppers from these different shard worlds? And we have essentially a religion from every single shard world to some degree. That would absolutely make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, the thing I was going on about, about how Ellen absolutely committed murder, killing Justice Lecal. Right. Which is such a cool name to say. It is. Um, but yeah, I'm wanting to get into that more when Yasna kills those four dudes in the alley in The Way of Kings. Yeah. Because, I mean, she has Shallon, like, look up ethics stuff, which actually ties back into uh, The Good Place, Tori. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's true. Moral philosophy. Woo. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that, that what Ellen did was legally murder, uh, but also ethically justified. Okay. Which is kind of the opposite conclusion that Shallon comes to for what Yasna did. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment of what Ellen did. Like, it, I remember reading it, and it didn't really bother me too much, because it sort of made sense, and... But yeah, I can understand the ethical concerns. Well, my biggest issue with it is that Ellen doesn't actually have any like legal backing to do this at this point. True. He's yeah. not the king. If he were the but king... But I do consider him... I, I do consider him basically their enemies. I mean, he attacked the city, and Ellen is an authority figure, even though not legally anymore. He is still something of a... Not a general, but he is a war leader of some type. And it's war. But he's well, also running... He's, I don't know. I don't he's know. not the king, but he is still a lord, and he's still on right. the... Uh, what, the council or the uh, assembly? Yeah, he's he's still on it. True, which, which means that he has a say in making laws. It doesn't necessarily make him responsible for personally enforcing those same laws. Well, we don't know how their government is set up. We just assume they're senators, but they could also have some executive privileges. Now, this is just 
this whole scene is an extension of him deciding, you know, even though I'm not the king, I'm still going to be the king. Sure. Kind of like which um, is such a kingly thing to do. Right, and and again, I don't think he's wrong to do so morally. I think he's wrong to do so legally. Like, okay, if if Batman murdered the Joker, it would be murder. Legally speaking, it would be murder. Because he is not a legal representative of Gotham City. However, the Joker, super bad dude, deserves to be dead. You, you guys yes. follow me? Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. So, there we go. Elland is Batman. That's that's confirmed now. <laughs> Basically. Okay. Um, I was kind of hoping Dave would go into more about Spook's whole wanting to be strong thing, because that's going to be a fairly big plot point in the third book, and a fairly entertaining one as well. Well, so he is thinking about what if uh, Spook gets in the way of Vin taking the, the power of the well, sort of like Rayshek did to Elendi. Like, he did hint at that. He he just doesn't realize there's some foreshadowing to book 30 instead. Um, but I do like the point that Critic Shaw could be a different term. Well, I don't think it's a term for Well of Ascension, but it certainly means something in whatever language comes from. And he's, like, realizing it. Maybe it's in that little weird cabin thing that Rayshik had inside of Critic Shaw. And, like, yep, Dave is absolutely right about that one. Indeed. Also, I like that he was thinking about the different metals that we know of that exist and do something in Allomancy could do something in um, in Ferrukami. And I do want to point out, so for those of you who don't mind spoilers, uh, we have Illumina, the tag up, we played the thing. Just, you yeah. don't have to do that. I'm just saying, extra spoilers here. Aluminum stores identity. Doralumin. I'm never going to say it right. Stores connection. And of course, we see this as the bands of mourning come era too. So the whole identity and connection and what they store and what that means, like that's, that's important. And Dave's not going to figure that out because he doesn't know identity and connection yet. Like there's no hint that that's a thing that exists yet. Well, we see it in bands of mourning also we do. in the bands of mourning, like in the, in the items, but in the little like armband medallion things that the Southern scadrians use. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the true. translation one is explicitly connection, and then yes. they have their secondary one that is that is heat. And what is it? Oh, so I, I haven't read it in a while, but it's something that because the identity is stored, anyone can use it or something. Or when you yes. tap it, you you basically tap identity. No, it's whenever they were filling it, they were also filling um, another another metal mind with identity. Okay. So that they didn't have an identity while they were filling this this other one, so yeah. they're sort of a blank slate. Right, so it, it, it's an unkeyed metal mind is what it's described as in Era 2. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's fun. And of course, ATM stores uh, age. Which, Dave should have that information. He may have forgotten it, but like he should have that. That was That was explicitly in the end of the first book. Yeah, I wasn't gonna mention it, but I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knows. And I want to say that that was one of the conversations that Vin and Sazed had. Well, maybe when he thinks about it and comes up with his little chart, he'll he'll realize, oh yeah, we know what ATM stores. But yeah, that one that one actually shouldn't be a question mark for him. Like he should have that info. Yeah. So, so when he... the, when the time comes, we can correct him on it. Like that, it's not a spoiler. He it's information he should have. So of all of the the medals that exist, he actually only knows of 11 official medals plus one god medal. Uh, he doesn't know about chromium or necrosol, so those don't pop up until much later. Uh, Two god cadmium, medals. Malatium counts as a god medal. It's it's an ATM alloy. Yes. Oh, sorry. I guess, yeah. Um, cadmium, bendeloy, again, that doesn't pop up in Terror 2. And Electrum, which he's going to find out in the next book. Yeah, Electrum they discover between books, and they just start using it right away because they don't know where the ATM is. Yep. It's the anti-ATM. 
Is anyone else, whenever you say ATM, thinking the A-team? No. Or is that just me? It's just you. A-teamium. Because that's, that's in my head all the time now. <laughs> nice. Alright, anything else, or are we good for the day? I think we're good. Yep, that's all I had. Alright, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.